Hello, and welcome to ng-build-pod, where we share with you our knowledge of Angular, all the mistakes we've made and some of the things we've gotten right. I'm Chris Kamak, and with me as always is John Graham. We are both full-stack Angular developers that love to share and be part of the developer community. We both work here at Miles Technologies in Lumberton, New Jersey on the Engine team, and we spent the last several years building out our Angular template for the Miles software division. So, uh, John, things have been uh, pretty crazy lately, I know, from a work standpoint, but what have you been up to personally? Yeah, so I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I was going to be taking a vacation. Um, took that vacation, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I got COVID right when it started. Oh, my. Um, yep, yep. You already know, obviously, but, uh, you know, just sharing that. That had a little bit to do with the delay in, uh, we'll say, episodes here. It's pretty hard to talk for an extended period of time when you're like that. Um, but uh, I'm kind of on the tail end of it now. So, um, yeah, what, what are you going to do? Uh, I did everything I could. It happened anyway. That's life. Uh, luckily, I, I didn't give it to anybody else that I know of. And, um, you know, I recovered pretty, pretty well. Um, so um, glad to have that behind me. Glad to be focused back on work and Angular and the things I enjoy. Um, but that's been a pretty big consumption of my uh, energy and time. I did, however, get to rewatch a lot of old movies and things while I was in quarantine. So that's the the bright side of it, I guess. Um, yeah, well, we're very glad to have you back and that full strength even. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. It, it is uh, fun to quarantine for like a day. And then you get very bored of staring at the same four walls. So and, you know, I got the <laughs> wife and kids. So like I'm literally stuck in a room uh, away from them and it's not easy. It's not an easy thing for anybody to do. So hopefully everybody, you know, does what they can to stay safe and doesn't end up like me. But, yeah, definitely good. Um, good thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been me. Uh, what about you? Well, um, so uh, lately I've been um, watching a show that I missed out on that I think the entire world saw, but I did not see, uh, which is Breaking Bad. Uh, and I'm really enjoying that show uh, so far. I'm only like halfway through the first season, but oh my goodness, it's it's uh, such a nice delight. Uh, you know, when you're quarantined, you find something that's actually interesting. Or not, not quarantined, but locked down essentially, like I am in Philly. Um, you know, it's nice to find something that you can enjoy your time with. Uh, beyond that, we actually have been outside a little bit lately uh, because uh, we've been getting back into jogging for some fitness. So um, it's super cold out there, and it's a little bit miserable, but it, but it feels good to actually do something. Yeah, I remember when I was like, you know, running in December. It's it's weird because you could, like, I would wear like a running shirt, and then I would wear like a t shirt under it. Um, but it doesn't like cover everything. So like my upper chest, like right below my chin, would be freezing but the rest of my body would be sweating by the time I'm done running. So like I have a freezing cold chest with like my arms and legs are sweating. Cause I had like thermals on and It's just like, it's, it's hard. I hate running in the cold. Yeah. Nothing fun about it. I particularly dislike the, uh, the cold air as you start really sucking wind when you've really yeah. you know, pushed yourself a little bit. And, uh, it just feels like there's icicles in your lungs at that point. Yeah. And then you have like a runny nose for like, 20 minutes after it's it's all horrible but uh, we're definitely getting disgusting now <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to do it's good to do okay yeah. uh, awesome so um what are we going to be talking about today well we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit further into uh lazy loading 
And uh, just to just to make sure and put this out there in the beginning, we're not really going to be talking so much about uh, lazy loading, like what it is or or how to do it in Angular specifically. Uh, we already had a episode on that a while back, so if you're if you're looking for that kind of content, uh, you can certainly reach back into the archives here and and pull out that episode and give it a listen. Uh, but in this one, we want to instead talk about some of the lessons learned. You know, when you convert uh, an eager loaded app into lazy loading, or if you're just you know looking for understanding better now that you've made a lo- lazy loaded app, what's going on? Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on today. But before we do, uh, let's do some uh, quick tips, right? So, uh, John, what do you got for us? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that I've been really enjoying a lot, and I'll I'll give credit to uh, Johan on our team because it was something that he kind of led to charge with, and that's uh, really focusing on automating my workflow. So, you know, we tend, you know, because we maintain so many Angular packages to have some repetitive tasks. Like, for instance, we just did our Angular upgrade. And uh, when we did that, there's a lot of like things you do over and over again for every single uh, package. And, uh, you know, in the past, you know, you go in, you type it, you copy, you paste it, that thing. But I've really been getting into automating things more. And I've been using Bash specifically to do that. Um, just like simple things like NPM update, NPM install, NPM, you know, build, uh, whatever, you know, the commands are that we run. And uh it's been great. Uh, particularly, we we have to do a, a lot of releases for all of our packages. Um, so having that that where it just like loops over essentially a list of packages and does each step for each one to to you know build it and run it and well build it and test it and install and all that stuff and then push to npm uh, has been great. Uh, it really feels like you're superman you know what i mean like when yeah. you do that <laughs> yeah and uh it, it's 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 kind of like i almost feel like uh, like i tweeted i think uh, a while back i was like hey i automated something that used to take me all day do i get to just take the rest of the day off now um, <laughs> yeah because it just feels like you're like well what do i do now <laughs> you know this thing that i used to do each you know every six months is like gone so uh so yeah that's been a lot of fun i definitely recommend people think about how they can you know automate some of those repetitive boring you know, I always say mindless tasks, things that don't require actual thinking. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a really good practice to do, and I and I got a lot of that inspiration from the uh, the Pragmatic Programmer, which I think is an amazing book that hopefully everybody reads at some point. I definitely recommend. Yeah, um, that's a very good uh, tip. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been awesome. Uh, what about you? Uh, what do you got on deck? Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I did some research into and some some implementation of uh, like a proof of concept for us, and that is uh, the use of Scully specifically for SEO solutions. So um, Angular out of the box uh, with Google uh, is discoverable for title changes. So if you are using the Angular title service in order to set a page title on each component load, or each route uh, load, uh, that's going to actually be discoverable via Google. And it'll also be, I think, for um, Bing. Uh, But there are several other search engines that don't do that because they have to run JavaScript in order to be able to do that. Uh, So what they end up getting is just your your base title. And that's particularly true for anything that is uh, like a social site, such as, uh, let's say, Twitter. If you put a link into Twitter, 
how does it know what the title is of that page that the link is for? And how does it, you know, come up with some sort of preview image? Well, it does it actually by going to that thing via a bot and saying, hey, what did I get when I went here? And um, what we what we found out, of course, is that that doesn't work. <laughs> so it just gives you like the root, whatever your root app uh, title is, that's all you're going to get out of that. So it kind of feels like it's broken. And uh, Angular does have a way of handling this, which is um, ng universal. Um, but I, I'm not going to, you know, say anything horrible about ng universal. But what I will say is, it, it takes a lot of extra thinking and extra work to get that to do a thing. And so I decided to look into Scully. Scully is a static site generator, and they kind of, you know, put it out there that it's a, it, it makes static sites, and that's what it's about. And I. At first, was like, okay, yeah, I don't really want that, so I, I sort of just pushed it to the side. But as it turns out, what it's really doing is it's basically making a static page landing for whatever your first page load is. So if you think about it, that's a perfect SEO solution for just about anything. Uh, in fact, it even, if you make a call, let's say to a database to grab a title, you know, for instance, you're in a customer detail page. Then the title of the page is the customer's name. Well, you don't know that, so you go to the database, ask the API, and, and get that back. Uh, it'll even handle that. Scully will. So it was a lot of work to learn it. I would say it took like you know like a full day or two. But once I got the hang of what to do with it, which which was which unfortunately was challenging. I think their documentation is good, but it's it's a little bit hard to follow depending on what you're trying to do with it. Um, once I got the hang of it, though, I got to say it's it's really perfect for that specific scenario. So if you're trying to create SEO with an Angular app and you want it to be SEO for pretty much anything uh, and everything, so to speak, um, then I, I really recommend you take a look into Scully. In our situation, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, they really tout it as like a blog site, right? So there's plenty of documentation if you want to make a blog mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. use Scully, uh, which, uh, you know, shameless plug, our, uh, you know, ng uh, build pod website is uh, rendered and, and using Scully as well. Uh, so to actually, you know, our, our the website for the podcast. So um, I didn't do nearly as much research for that because <laughs> that truly is a static site for the most part. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of logic happening there. Um, but yeah, this is really cool. And, and the cool thing I like about Scully is like, we're not like scullifying everything, right? So like we have this template not everything needs to be SEO, right? Like the, you know, admin portions of our site where we don't have crawlers or the behind logins, we don't need that to be SEO. So Scully's cool because you can, like you were saying, pinpoint certain aspects of your app uh, and then, you know, just scullify those or, you know, SEO those, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty fantastic solution for this specific uh, problem. So if, if SEO and Angular is something that you're struggling with or, uh, maybe you just would like to know more about, I recommend you take a look into Scully and, and it, it might, might take a little bit because again, it's a little obtuse because most of their examples are not specifically targeting SEO as a solution, but I, I, in my opinion, it's one of the best things it does. Yeah, awesome. All right, so jumping into the, the main topic today, um, a couple months back, I guess, just to give a little preface, uh, we decided, uh, mainly on the on the back of your advocation, I'll say, uh, that it was time to, you know, jump on the the lazy load train 
for uh, Angular. You know, we did that episode a while back, but we were still using eager loading for you know most of what we did, and a lot of that was because you know we weren't sure how much work it would be, what kind of things we needed to do. Uh, there's a lot of you know packages that we have and things where we have routing in packages, um, so it's, it gets a little complicated. Um, but we finally pulled the trigger. We decided, all right, it's time to jump on lazy loading. Uh, let's start taking advantage of this. Uh, let's get it into our template. Uh, and that's kind of what we want to talk about today is the process we went through, um, some of the you know things that we ran into that were problems, some of the things that we didn't expect that were nice to have, and kind of how we solved all them. Um, so uh, that's kind of the, the preface for what we have. So let, let's jump right into it, uh, Chris, and let's Let's start to talk about, you know, you know, what are some of the initial uh, naive things that we maybe, uh, you know, didn't think about or, you know, the initial uh, problem solving uh, aspects of, of the conversion? Like, what was the first thing that you jumped into when you started doing this? Um, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that that got me uh, originally uh, was that I wanted to have uh, like a feature module load up, you know, in this case, let's use an example like customers, you know, so the customers section of my site, I wanted to have load up via lazy loading. And that was easy because that one has a route of slash customers. So pretty simple stuff. Um, but our site, the way that it's built, our login page is kind of vanilla. Like it's just there with like a login form. There's nothing real special about the page. Um, but then once you log in, there's this kind of like shell that gets loaded, right? And, and the shell is like all the things that the admin side of things needs to see. We're talking like a header, uh, a navigation bar on the side, a footer. Yeah, I think if you like, if you look at like any Angular admin mm, yeah. template on like GitHub, it's heavily inspired from those things. So that that would yeah. be a good visual if you, if you want to check out one of those. Yeah, but so imagine that I'm in the login page, right? And I, I haven't logged in yet. So do I want to show all of that admin stuff? Well, the answer is no. So I want to lazy load that. And then I also want to lazy load the customers. Okay, so, so the issue is if I want to lazy load the admin side, that's not really a route. So how do I do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like if I say slash customers, I want to lazy load customers. But what about the shell that it's inside of? How do I lazy load that? Yeah, so I think real quick, uh, what we, we used to do before is we had like a service that said, should we show this navig the, the, the shell, we'll call it the navigation, or yeah. should we not? Right, so on the login screen, you say, no, I don't want to show it because you're not logged in. Um, but after you log in, the, the nav shell is really part of the app component, right? So like it comes baked into the app component. So... If you think about it, when you're loading the login screen, you're loading the app component, right? So you can't really easily lazy load it uh, when you have a structure like that where your shell and basically anything coming in in the app component is going to get loaded in no matter what, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the first problems we ran into is our structure wasn't really set up to, you know, enable, I mean, you could obviously you can lazy load it, but you don't really get any other benefits, right? You, at that point, you're just doing a different way of pulling it in, a different module import. Exactly, exactly. So there was the there was some routing concerns, like how do I load up something that doesn't officially have a route? 
Um, another thing like, like what you're referring to here, this is a bundle thing, right? So if I'm, if I'm lazy loading the admin side of things, then I should expect that all the code that supports the menu stuff, that probably should all be lazy loaded inside the admin side. But, but in our original structure, since it was just baked right into the app component, it kind of was loaded up immediately. Like even though it wasn't showing, it was still needed to be, it still needed to understand what it was. So yeah, I mean, we ran into all kinds of issues like that. Yeah. And so let's, uh, let's maybe uh, stay on that, that sentiment for a quick minute longer is, you know, what do we do about that, right? So we have an app uh, module and inside of the app component, we are rendering the nav because everything is inside of that shell, right? So it makes sense kind of to render it there when you're building it that way. But uh, like you, and, and to let people know too, our nav isn't just links, right? We have functionality in there. We have like a lot of different uh, widgets, I'll call them, um, that you can opt in or out of, right? So it's it's not just you're getting nav links, you're getting a lot of additional features, um, you know, pulled in, which is why it's kind of important for us to lazy load it because, you know, we don't want to, you know, have all that stuff uh, initially. So what did we, how do we solve that problem? What do we do about that when you have something like sitting in the app component like that? Yeah, well, I, you know, and I, I do definitely want to get to exactly how we solved that. But I just want to take one step first. And that is, how did we know it was a problem? Right? And so this happened at first because we're, we're working on this lazy loading thing. And I think that you actually asked, hey, how much, how much bandwidth or how much data are we saving by lazy loading? Because that's like obviously part of the question, right? Um, and I was like, okay, so we've got some lazy loading going on and uh, it looks like we're downloading 90 some percent of our package on on AppRoot. <laughs> like, and then like we're only getting like like a few kilobytes as we lazy load. Yeah, quick tangent here. This is like, and, and I'm so glad you brought this up. Because this is like a pet peeve of mine, where like the internet, the internet tells you to do something because it's more efficient, right? So like it says, do lazy loading because it's opt, it's optimal, right? You can optimize your code and stuff like that, or do you know whatever new cool thing to fix performances. And so like w the the problem we always run into, or like it, you can run into, is like how do you know you're actually improving anything, right? Yeah. How do you know that when we switch to lazy loading, it's better now? Right. So like I think a lot of like teams, uh, you know, in, in our company and in the past and us in the past, our team, I'll use our own team, would like, you know, jump to using something because we've been told by authority that it, it is better. Um, but we didn't stop to say, well, how are we going to measure that this actually works? How are we going to measure our efficiency here? Right. Um, and, and that's kind of where, you know, I think you're going is that we kind of, you know, wanted to look first at, well, where, what does the problem look like? How do we visualize it so that we can see the progress when we switch over to lazy loading? Right. So I'm going to say the, the first and most easy thing that you can possibly do is to open up your inspector, right? Like if you're using like Chrome, you open up the dev inspector there, go to the network tab. And when you load up your app on login, see what got downloaded. You know, it'll basically tell you that there were chunks of JS that got downloaded. And you can see their size, you know? So you can say, okay, I just downloaded all this stuff in order to just get to the login screen. And then you can like, okay, I'll clear that. And then I'll load up, you know, my customer's module when I log in. 
and it says, okay, you just downloaded 1K. And you're like, wait, I thought that that was supposed to be like a ginormous savings or something, but it seems to be like 1K. <laughs> so, so that was our first tip that something was awry. Yeah, and and that's a great tool, I think, for, for doing that. But one of the challenges with that is it doesn't really help you pinpoint like what's causing the problem, right? So like you see, it makes the problem obvious, but it doesn't like help like because you're not going to inspect that uh, compiled J- JS to figure out well what else is it bringing in like that would be quite a nightmare. I'm sure you could do it, um, and that was I think um, you know. I think I might have found it like for something completely different back in the day, but we have this tool that we found, which is really cool, uh, called a Webpack Analyzer, and we'll put a, a link to it in the show notes so you can check it out. But what that tool does, which is pretty um, amazing, <laughs> and under the hood, Angular uses Webpack, right? I don't know if everybody's aware of that, but they do. So uh, using this Webpack Analyzer tool, it actually shows you a visual graph with size proportions right so like the bigger it is on the graph the more size it takes up in your overall app and it shows you everything that's coming in for each particular module right so you can see that when i bring in customers the the customer module i'm getting all of these pieces like these additional um you know uh, packages or libraries or whatever you want (coughs) to call them so it's it's a great visual tool to see. And then what you can do is as you start to move more towards lazy load it, things should go away, right? You should not see them until you kind of get to the the module you're expecting to see them. So that that's a really good tool to like see like, oh, we're bringing in this dependency that I hadn't even thought about uh, at the time that, or I'm not even using, right? Which is the real uh, worst case scenario for it. Um, so it, that's a really great tool that we found as well. Yeah, and that's that's actually the next piece in the puzzle, right? So, like, I'm, why is when I load when I load up the app root and I get that chunk, that first chunk, essentially, um, I want to know what what's in there. I mean, why why isn't why is that so full and the customer one is so lean, you know? And uh, when I looked into it, I said, wow, you know, we're loading up our our list component. We're loading up our search components. We're loading up our nav components. We're loading up our form components. But yet none of those things are used on the login. So that's when it started to dawn on me, wait, we're, 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 we're front loading all this, but we really don't need to. Yeah. And I, and I think this is where it kind of, you know, like I said, when we first started thinking about lazy loading, we're like, okay, we have a good module structure, right? Like we did a good job modularizing our code, which I think we also have an episode about that. If you want to go check that out on how to like, you know, structure your code a little bit differently. Um, So like, Hey, we already have these modules, you know, it should be pretty simple. Delete the import, create the route, load it that way. And then boom, we're lazy loading. We're, we're jamming. (laughs) We're having a good time. Uh, And that was when we quickly realized, well, you know, Hey, here's this problem, right? So let's start to talk about, um, you know, how we, we split things uh, to be more efficient, so we're not getting this giant upfront bundle. So, like, what what's the first step in this process? Like, how do you how do you embark on this when you have multiple modules with multiple interdependencies, you know, and and you want to kind of tease out the right uh, structure here? Yeah, I think I think it all starts with like the the normal Angular uh, format here, which I will say if you're if you're following like a decent course on how to write Angular. 
and you have some experience with it, you're probably going to have a structure where you have an app module that may not have a ton in it, but you probably have something called a shared module or some concept that is about a shared module. And the idea there is that we'd like to put all of the things that most of our feature modules are going to need, right? And we also need it at the app level. So we're going to like bring that in to the app. Well, there's the problem right there, right? So if, I, if I've created this large import and export list of all these things that my app could possibly need, and I'm, lo I'm loading it right into the app module, in addition to loading it into these feature modules, well, then it's needed at the app root because I pulled it in. I said to, to bring it over. So that's kind of the issue here. We have to be selective now because before if we, if we imported something but we didn't actually make use of it, there was no harm, no foul. So, so using a shotgun approach of let me bring everything into everything wasn't really a big deal. It didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and I th and I think the idea there, which is fine, is you save the the energy on having to import it and into a bunch of other modules later, right? Like, you know, you like for instance, we have something like our forms package, right? Which you know almost every feature module uses a form. So rather than me having to import the form module into a feature, import form module, import for like you know, it's just a waste of time. You just stick it in a shared bring the shared in and now everything's going to have access to that. Um, so it's not a problem, you know, that your code is set up this way. And like you're saying, I think if, if you follow any guide that, you know, pre lazy loading would, you know, would have recommended this approach. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so I think most people are going to be in this scenario. So we basically realized that we had to now have uh, this, this concept, but maybe times two, you know, we needed to have, something that still was a shared module and these things would be shared between the app root and feature modules but we needed to remove anything from there that wasn't truly needed at the app root level we don't need it down there right so 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 it doesn't get drug in by mistake into the initial bundle so we kind of created this other grouping of imports and exports and we called that a feature module set you know, uh, which basically means it's going to be pulled into every feature module, again, to avoid having to write all the imports myself every time. But now we've at least separated the concepts. One is for the entire app, and the other one is only for feature modules once I get in. And so, just so I understand what you're saying here, basically you have, you still have the concept of a shared module, right? And think of like something like authentication, right? It's so like authentication is important at the app root level. Um, so you'd probably keep that there. But then what you're creating, and when you say feature, like let's use customer as a, a, a talking point here, like the customer example you used at the beginning, that's a feature. You may also have things that you want to share uh, you know, within that component, right? Or within that module, right? A bunch of, you know, with a, with a bunch of different other things. So you create this feature module to be able to share or, you know, things that are unique to the customer module. Uh, does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. And I think we can make a concrete example there. Uh, a list component, something that's going to have a list of items in a row table sort of structure and pagination, right? So we have a component that handles that. So all lists kind of look and act the same throughout our whole application. And that's not needed at login because I'm not showing a list there. But it is probably needed 
in every feature module, pretty much, because they all seem to have some kind of list page somewhere. Um, so at that point, that's definitely something I need at the feature level, and I'm going to copy it in every single feature. But I don't want it at the admin or at the app level root because I'm just bringing in something before I actually am going to make use of it. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, and that helps, I guess, like with initial load times are going to be really good there because, you know, the first screen you usually load is login, right? So you get a good in initial load time and then you're, you're piecing things in as you, as you actually need them, right? That's the major benefit of lazy loading is right. like, yeah, you only bring it in as you need it on the fly. So Yeah. And the second thing that I would say that we learned out of that is don't put everything in your shared feature group either, because making the assumption that everything, every feature is going to use this thing is bad because now essentially every feature is kind of lean and this this bundle of what gets loaded when any feature gets loaded is kind of fat, you know? So again, you should you should really think about it. Is it something that the entire app needs? Is it something that every feature needs? Or is it something that only a few or one feature needs? If it's if it's if it's the latter, you know, and let's let's go to a different kind of example here. Let's talk about um, maybe you've got a feature module that's all about scheduling appointments. Okay, so you have uh, this concept here where you want to schedule appointments in a feature module, and in that way you probably are going to use a third-party calendar system of some kind, right? Like you're probably not going to build your own calendar. Oh, I, I always build my own calendar. <laughs> I mean, always. I mean, you can, but I, I don't know <laughs> that I recommend it. Yeah, so, so in that scenario, you're probably bringing in a third-party package to handle how to how to how to work with a calendar, how to show appointments on a calendar, you know, how to how to have them have different colors depending on type, you know, blah 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 blah. So, it's, so it's a nice feature-rich calendar. Is that going to be shown anywhere else? And the answer is most likely no. Right, like that's why that module exists. It exists to show and interact with appointments. I don't need it in the customer management section. Uh, you know, I don't need that there generally. So, um, in that scenario, that's a very specific library that's probably pretty heavy too. Right, like it's probably a heavy amount of JS in that library for the calendar, and I want to bring that into just this scheduling feature module, not not everything. You know, and in that way, I'm I'm loading it when I need it, and I'm not trying to shotgun approach. You know, again within the features. Yeah, and I and I think the really cool side benefit, like I told you before, there are some benefits that we hadn't even really considered at the beginning. Is like think about if if your business has like certain people that handle scheduling. Like think about if you have like dispatchers, right, that handle scheduling. There may be a very small percentage of your user base that actually even needs the calendar at all, right? So with with the you know previous way, everything's loaded. With the lazy loading way, you know a vast majority of your users never download that huge chunk of calendar binaries ever. Yeah, right. They just they just never get it. So it was really cool for us because we tend to have a lot of like admin client portal scenarios, and um, you know with this method, you know. The users, for instance, the user module, the clients just never get that because they're never going to need to manage users, right? So uh, it's not like a security feature per se, but it's a pretty nice little um, little added benefit that like I hadn't considered is like, you know, you can kind of structure and think about your app and how 
the business is going to implement it, not just like what makes the most sense module structure wise. Uh, and you can really get, you know, maximize the benefits of this structure that way. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of systems are going to have roles, right? Like you're going to have someone who is um, a customer service agent, and that's pretty much the things that they touch are very limited, and that's all that they work with. You'll have an admin who kind of probably can touch everything. Uh, and then you might have, you know, someone who's in accounts payable. So they just want to touch the vendor side of things and the parts that have to do with accounts. They don't, they don't care about what's going on in the customer service side of the business. It's just not something they need. Now, let's say it was something they need, but they only need it once in a great while. Well, then most of the time they're not going to have to load it, right? Like it's literally, it, it's, it's something that is going to, based on the circumstances, only load when needed. So it's really dependent on the user's experience. Yeah. Cool. So if I could just try and loop back everything you just said to make sure we understand it, and then mm -hmm. I think we can maybe jump to maybe the next point here. So basically what you know we did initially is we got some tools to measure what our modules look like, right? What the customer module looked like, what the app module looked like. And we recognized pretty quickly that we're bringing in too many dependencies initially. So what we did was, is we decided, hey, we have these features. We already know what these are. So let's look at them in a couple levels, right? Let's look at what are the dependencies that are specific to this feature? What are the dependencies? And when I say dependencies, I really mean like imports, right? Like modules, things like that in, in the Angular term. Um, what are the dependencies that are going to be shared across all features? And then what are dependencies that are shared between features and the app? Right, so we have kind of three layers there, um, and and that's how we kind of initially split up our our kind of like sharing structure. Is we have our app level shared module, we have our features level shared module, and then we have our feature module, which has only the things that are specific to that feature, like your calendar example. Uh, does that kind of surmise where or you know kind of what we did so far? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great summary. Cool. So let's let's talk about you know what changes in Angular when we do something like that. Because I remember one of the first things that kind of was interesting to me is when you have eager loaded Angular applications and you do an ng serve, you usually get four lines of output, I believe, right? It's like the vendor JS, the uh, whatever the other three, <laughs> I yeah, main JS, that sort of thing. Like it, yeah, it basically JS, builds like one. a singular chunk, and it's just like four files. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you get like four things, and you were like, "Hey, John, look, I lazy loaded everything," and I'm like, "Oh, cool, I'm gonna code review this because everybody does code reviews," and like for me, I pull it down locally, I do my npm install, and I do my ng serve, and then all of a sudden, my output is like and like explodes with tons of different uh, output files. And uh, I'm confused. I'm like, wait, where are my four lines? What What is happening here? Um, so can you walk me through kind of what happened to my brain right there? Why did it explode? What did Angular do differently under yeah. the hood to kind of understand that? Absolutely. And, 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 you know, it is a little bit confusing at first because what you get is you get some chunks that you expect to see probably, right? Like, okay, so I'm going to get my main JS. I'm going to get my vendor JS. These are things that are kind of still the app, right? They're the root level, if you will. Um, but then I'm also going to get a chunk that might be named customer module, 
or something. It probably has more words than that, but essentially it's saying I'm the customer module's worth of code. And you're like, okay, that makes sense because I lazy loaded the customer module. Where it gets confusing is when you start seeing things like admin module dash customer module dash feature module dash user module. And you're like, wait, what What, what does that chunk even mean? Like, what? it's it's saying everything. Is that is that like a version in case you load the whole app at once? Like, what what is that even talking about? Yeah, I don't remember that route. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, what what you have to realize with Angular is it's trying to be really efficient about these code bundles, right? Hey, how dare it try to make my code more efficient? I know, I know. I built that code to be inefficient. Yeah, and I expect <laughs> it to stay that way. I expect it to stay that way. That's right. Uh, so what ends up happening is it tries to find common threads that it can then bundle together. And I'll give you the, a, a concrete example here, right? Let's say that you've got your app root and it doesn't need much in the way of dependencies. So your main JS and your vendor JS are pretty lean. Uh, then you have your customer module uh, and you have your users module and your user role module. And, and all of those kind of have very similar dependencies. Let's say they, they pretty much just use this feature module thing that we talked about earlier. In that scenario, Angular is going to say, okay, I'm going to build out the code specific to customer. I'm going to build out the code specific to user and user role. But I'm also going to find what those three things have in common. And I'm going to build a module that's specific to the things that all three need. So you see what it's trying to do? It's trying to like make commonalities so that if if you load the customer, it'll load that thing that all three need and the customer. But then if you go to our users, it doesn't need the thing that all three needs because it already got it once. Now it just needs the users. And that's what it's trying to do. But depending on how you've broken out your module structure and how many things are unique between each one, it's going to find a lot of common threads and it can get pretty nasty about how many different chunks you have and following them and knowing which one's getting loaded when is it can be daunting. Yes. So let me see if I understand this based on, on what you said there. So when I like, you know, I get past my login screen and I load my customer module and I'll just use like module A for this example. Right. So I load module A and I, I guess it's worth mentioning, like there is a noticeable delay between when you're bringing in certain lazy loaded modules, like we we could see it, you know what I mean? Um, like when we went from the login to customer, I don't think it's like that crazy to where like you would, you know, a normal person would notice it, but there is like a little bit of a of a delay there. So I load in module A, and module A depends uh, has a dependency for module B, and module B has a dependency for module C. Right. So when I load customers, I get the the bundle. Uh, you know, A dash B dash C, right? Because I could need to go at any point through those things, right? Right. Um, but if I now, so what happens when, like, let's say I've loaded that, right? And then now I just go directly to B. Are you saying there's a separate um, chunk that it would pull, or how was how does it get to like the other variations of the chunk? I didn't quite get that from your explanation. Sure, sure, no problem. So let's say that. It's a very simple situation where module A, B, and C all have the import of the feature module, and they have no other imports, right? So they're definitely using all the same imports or dependency sections, right? In that scenario, 
what you will end up with is a chunk for module A, which is like the components in module A, uh, a chunk for module B, a chunk for module C, and you'll also get a chunk called module ABC, module A, module B, module C. And so it, when you go to load um, module A, and you haven't been to any of those three yet, it's going to say, okay, I need module A, module B, module C, that one big chunk. And I also need module A. So then when you go to module B, it says, I need module A, module B, module C. Oh, I already have it. And I need module B. So, so it basically downloads that one only once as you navigate around the app. And that's how it's, that's why it's building that chunk. It's building it because those are common things that all three modules need. And it names it that way because that's basically its convention. Okay, these are the three modules that need me. Therefore, I'm naming myself this way. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Though. So so basically, it's smart enough to realize what's shared versus what isn't shared. So like if, if later you like import module B into module A, then when you load A, you're going to get all of A, all of B and A, B and C that that chain chunk, right? So you're only not getting C. But if you don't import it, it's only going to pull in the things that are common. And it's not going to re-pull those common things in when you get to like a, a different uh, different part of the mod, like the chunks. That's correct. And and also, you know, let's say that we, we muddy this example just ever so slightly. And let's say that we bring in uh, that calendar piece, right? And let's say the calendar piece is in module A and module C, but not in B. Well, now there are common things that are still going to chunk out to module A, B, C. They won't include the calendar. But there will also be a chunk called module A, module C. So now if I go to module A, I need module A, B, C, module A, module B, module C, that first chunk. I need module A, module C, that chunk. And I need module A. Which, again, th this is why we're explaining it, because that's, wh what? <laughs> what? What does that even mean? So that's, that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, and I think it's really cool because it's like, you know, it's like I don't understand how it, it does like how like literally how it creates the chunks, but I get why it creates the chunks. Right? Yeah. So like, yeah. that's a good understanding to know the why there. Uh, and if you're, you know, really into it, you can go and look at the how. Um, I'm sure it's uh, pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, that's an awesome angular optimization <laughs> that, you know. Uh, was was pretty neat and and like i said i think you know me and you we look at this thing and we're like whoa why did that change so much let's see like what's going on there yeah so. yeah and i recommend using that analyzer that bundle analyzer tool uh and using that in combination with the network tab and and see okay so when i went here i got these chunks what are in those chunks like what 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 makes those up and then basically by using the two tools together you can really pinpoint exactly what's happening. And and through that, I found some very interesting things. I was like, wait, why is this loading up browser animations? Like that doesn't, that's not a thing I'm doing, right? But turns out it was a thing I was doing. So, uh, you know, it, 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 that's kind of what ended up happening. Yeah. And, and so I think we have like scenario one, scenario two, which I would equate to being naive about lazy loading and you know it wasn't really a whole lot of opinions there it's more or less just understanding the structure how it works what we need uh and then now that we've done those two things we came to what i would consider our problem uh that we sort of created which is like how we're going to handle like routing with, with lazy loading um and that was where we kind of like figured hey we need to kind of think about this a little bit more this isn't so you know 
like you can't just read an article and understand how to do this properly, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about the like initial problems we had with our routing or or you know, maybe not problems, but like consider like this is where we had the most conversation, I would say, around uh this this upgrade. So what yeah. did we run into? Absolutely. So so we talked in the very beginning of this and we sort of jumped a little bit ahead possibly where we said, okay, if I go to slash customers, I probably want to load the customer's module. Um, and so I can do that via a route in lazy loading. I can say the path is customers. And if you see that, load up the customer's module. Pretty straightforward stuff. Um, but the question becomes, what if customers is itself inside of another lazy loaded module? In this case, for us, it was called admin portal. Right, so we've got this login that has nothing essentially other than a login form. Uh, when I do log in, I'm going to want to go to customers, but I need to also show the admin stuff. So I need to have like a module in between the two, right? This this module that just has the sidebar nav and that sort of thing. But but think about that. How do I do that? I mean, if if you think about it naturally in the way that lazy loading is taught, then I probably need a slug of some kind, right? Like I need to have slash admin slash customers. The slash admin says to load the admin module. And then the slash customers after that says to load the customers module. But we didn't want to do that. That would change our URL structure. And we were like, we don't, I don't want to have to do that. Please don't make me, <laughs> you know? And so that's, that's where we ran into our first issue. Yeah. And, and so just to be clear, like, you know, we, you know, we wanted to make this easy. We wanted to make this as easy for other people to upgrade as well, right? So obviously, we can introduce a breaking change and accomplish it with the admin URL, um, but that wouldn't make it very simple for everybody else that wanted to make this change. And think about it: there's apps in the wild. If you made a bookmark, now your bookmark's broken. There's a lot of cascading issues when you want to change a route, and this would have changed every route in the whole system. Uh, which is is quite a big change to make. So, you know, we wanted to take a, a different approach, um, you know, when it came to that. So what do we do about that that problem, Chris? We don't want to have slash admin. Yeah. So one of the things that we realized, um, and it, it wasn't intuitive, I didn't think this was going to work, but it turns out it did. Uh, you have the option of leaving the path on a lazy loaded route blank, <laughs> like just an empty string. If you decide to do that, then technically everything matches, which was like, okay, all right. So what you're saying is if I go to the admin, uh, I'm really not having to put anything into the URL, which then kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was like, so what you're saying is when I go to the login screen, that also matches? So load the admin? Like it, it, it got confusing for me for a bit, but that's when I realized, of course, you got to remember you got to remember that routing is handled in order that it sees it, right? So if you put the login route above this empty path, then if the login is matched, that's what it's going to do. So the issue then became a whole different problem, which is what if I put in some route that doesn't match anything? Then am I automatically loading the admin portal? And, and the answer, unfortunately, was yes. <laughs> that's what yeah. happened. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to load something, right? <laughs> if you if you want to if you want to get anything to happen, so or that's pretty you. cool. Yeah, 
Or do you? Yeah, there's an extra we're going to talk about later. So hang on oh, for, yes, for how yes. we can actually keep that from <laughs> happening. But yeah, in our initial situation, yeah, it was like, okay, if I don't match any of these routes above, I guess I'll load the admin and check all of its routes. Right. Yeah. So because what what happens is, right, we have like the app route module, right, which is what we're talking about right now, I believe. Right. So this is where we define the login, like forgot password, anything that's going to be loaded initially. And then we also define that base route. Right. Um, which when we're loading that, we're loading in which module we're we loading into that base route. Like we're loading in the admin portal module. So this would be the shell that all the other features are kind of loaded into. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where we moved the th the thing that was in the app component originally into its own module, you know, so that we could lazy load it. Right? Correct. So that's the thing we're pulling in in that in that blank one. Okay, yep. that makes sense. So so you know we we have this initial one, and then now we have another routing module, right? That's, that's in the admin to, portal. Yep. That's in the admin portal. That's going to define the routes there. So that also has probably a blank route, I believe, right? Or no. I mean, that one, because we we have uh, the concept of if you go to uh, the admin portal and you don't have a route, then we're going to try to redirect you to what we think is the home route, so to speak. In this case, for, for our for our template, that home route is customers. So if you didn't tell me where to go, I'm, I'm going to try to go to customers. Um, so there is like the, the concept of a redirect, but but instead... The question becomes, okay, I know that slash customers is something I'm going to want to load customers. So that means I'm lazy loading inside of this one too, right? So I've got a path of customers. And if the path is blank, I load admin portal. Admin portal inside of its routing says, if I see customers, then I'm going to load up customer module. Yeah, so I think this is where things get a little confusing to follow, um, You know, especially for me initially, is that like, you know, how do you handle these fall through use cases of like the empty routes? And there's no, like, I don't think there's like an easy way to do it. You, you really just kind of have to experiment with your flow. And like, we had a goal of keeping the routes as close to, if not exactly the same as they were previously. So that it's good to have that kind of standard. I don't know that we would do this if we were building it from scratch. Um, and we had more control over the routes, but um, you know, but, but that, that's kind of our unique sort of, constraint i guess in this uh in this use case um so um so what what is there anything else that was interesting that happened with the the routing that we should talk about uh i know you want to get to that interest that way that you handle that kind of multiple matches fall through scenario but any anything else like with the feature module routing or is the rest of it pretty straightforward like copy paste from your old routes except obviously you're changing it to load modules now instead of uh specific um components. And, I mean, for us, we ran into something that I think might happen to other people, which is uh, when we load up our customers module in the eager loaded version, uh, we had a routing module inside of that feature module that kind of said, what, what are all the routes specific to customers? Uh, so, you know, that routing module said that the list page is slash customers. Well, if I'm lazy loading, and my slug I'm lazy loading on is customers, then I can't leave the route for the list also customers because that means I'd have to go to customers slash customers, which obviously isn't going to work. So, so what you have to do is you have to decide if I'm going to have a slug that I'm going to use as a indicator that I should load this module. 
So the path says customers and it says load children customers module. Uh, in that scenario, I've got to go to the routing module where I used to say slash customers is where I get to the list page and slash customers and some ID is how I get to the uh, detail page. I've got to take that slash customers out of all those routes, you know, because I, I, I need to have it, you know, those be blank essentially. And it, 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 that, that was something that we ran into. It's not a big problem. I think it becomes a little obvious once you get there, but I figured I'd mention it. Yeah, and I, th I think this is actually where I was going with the blank, multiple blank routes. Uh, this was like the thing I was trying to, to bring up, uh, but I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't remember it exactly. Is yeah, like you were saying, is you know now you know because before you import the customer module and then you can just route to the customer components, right? So you just create a route that says slash customer slash list, and you load the customer component. But with lazy loading, you're no longer importing the customer module unless you don't want to lazy load it. Uh, so you need to have a route just to load the module, right? So that's the additional sort of like level that creates this slash customers slash customers problem that we didn't have before. Yeah. Um, so now that you need to create the route just to load the module, um, you want to, you know, give it something to, you know, so that it doesn't just get loaded with everything. Yeah. So you give it the slash customers and then inside of it, you have a blank route for your default component, essentially, when that module gets loaded, right? So yeah. where do, like, when I go to customers, where do I go? Yeah, and I think, I think it is important to, to be a little bit more explicit about the whole blank URL thing for loading. Like we used that in the admin portal. It's a blank string. Um, if you decide to use that for your, your uh, lazy loaded pieces, that's fine. You can certainly do that. But you have to recognize that it doesn't understand routes that are children of that, like the slash customers thing as an example. It doesn't understand those routes without first loading itself, you know? So you kind of you kind of defeat the purpose if you leave the route blank and you expect all of your stuff to go through. Because you could say to yourself, well, lazy loading's easy then. I'm just gonna make all my lazy loaded routes blank. Well you're back to eager, by the way, if you do that. <laughs> so, yeah. so you may not want to do that. Yeah, because basically what it would do is it would load the module and then try to figure out what the route was. It can't figure out the route ahead of time and then load the module. So, you know, you run into this issue where it's just loading all the modules and then reading all the routes and then realizing, oh, I don't need four of these modules because I was trying to get to this actual route. So it, it will technically work like you will get there, um, but you won't get there the way you want. And I yeah. think that's a nice segue into, I think, our last point we want to make on this, which is, you know, how do you solve the problem where um, you don't want Angular to kind of, you know, in a, you know, in a lazy way, I'll use the pun, um, figure out what route you're trying to use, right? Lazy being like, you know, we're not taking the time to be explicit with all of our routes. So what, what's a way that, you know, we kind of handle that, that problem? Yeah, so I mean, uh, we kind of stumbled across this one, so I, I feel like maybe it's not well known out there. Uh, at least it's certainly not part of your standard example. But I think it was really cool and super powerful. So, so right now, uh, when you build a route, you may be aware that there's the can activate property, right? And so can activate takes in an array of guards essentially that you can say, "Am I allowed to go to this route?" Right. So you can do that on uh, a child one. You can say, you know, can I activate this? But but that's not really going to help, unfortunately, because you're still going to load the, the chunk. It's, it will not let me go there, but it's still going to load the chunk either way, which means I already wasted the time of going to the server and requesting and parsing and all that stuff. 
So there's actually a different uh, property when you're when you're working with a lazy loaded piece, and that is a Ken load. And it kind of works the same way, you know, like it's it's a set of guards in an array uh, that determine whether I'm allowed to load this load children chunk. And so what we did is we kind of took our admin side, which is behind a login and requires you to have a token uh, that you've been authed, essentially, to be able to get to. So so why parse those routes? Why figure out if slash customers is a thing or not? Why load this chunk at all if I'm not at least logged in? Because we have no routes in there that you can get to unless you're logged in. So what we did is we built a new guard, essentially, for Ken Load. And we said, you can only load this if you are off, which basically means you can hit any route you like, and it will never download the chunk for the admin portal or anything that the admin portal has inside of it, unless you're at least off, which was kind of exactly what we needed. Yeah, because if you think about like every example shows the off guard, right? I think you can find that in a billion articles online. So assuming that you, you kind of get what that is, um, you know, what tip like what Angular does is it loads that code, you know, and then it sees, oh, wait, you don't have access to this. Let me kick you back to the login screen, right? So the problem we had is like, we don't want you to load that code to even realize that you don't have access to it. We're telling you, you just don't have access to this at all. So this is like you put these these Ken loads on the module import routes, right? So you create the route for the module import and you say, hey, can I even load this module based on whatever criteria you want? Because you know, that you gave the example of like the login where you need to be off to hit anything. But then we took it a step further because we have roles in the system, right? That that give you access to certain modules. And we put Ken loads on the modules. And now in that part, instead of just checking authentication, we also check your role. Do you even have the ability to access this? And we can prevent the lazy load from occurring. Again, it's not really a security feature, right? None of this, it's all front-end stuff. So like you can still do it if you really want to. But it's just, it's all about, you know, maximize, like you're, you're going to take the time to put lazy loading in. You should make sure that you're, you know, to, to the certain degree, maximizing the, the benefits it has. And this can load property was a really good find by you to make sure that we're not, you know, if people, you know, have like, uh, like if somebody sends them a link to a section they don't have access to, they are going to click the link and they're never going to even load it. It's just going to kick them back to wherever they want to be, um, you know, instead. So it's pretty cool. And actually we even, you know, piggyback on it and send them to like an access request page, but that's for another, another podcast. So yeah, our stuff's pretty slick. <laughs> it's getting there it only took three years yeah yeah but but, we but definitely call it slick. i mean the ken load i'll say this it's definitely an answer to the problem of my have a blank path and it's always going to try and load this thing because it's a blank path and every time it hits that in the decision tree it's going to have to load the module just to figure out if it's got routes inside of it that match and and this was definitely an answer to that problem if i throw a ken load on that blank path load children I, I can control whether it tries to load that child. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So um, I guess I'll start with my final thoughts, if you don't mind, and then I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Um, you know, I think for like lazy loading in general, it's, uh, it's, it's really simple if you start the project that way, right? If you start it with lazy loading, you're not really going to have a lot of issues implementing it because, you know, it's just kind of baked in. But when you go to actually implement it in an application, which I think, you know, hopefully a lot of people are not always working on Greenfield. So if you have an app that's what, 
two years old at this point, lazy loading wasn't an option for you. Um, you know, you you're going to have this problem, right? And 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 I do think it's worth the time and effort to spend to upgrade um, because it does open the door. You're modernizing your your code, which is great. Um, you know, a lot of the examples now coming out and the and the directions are going to be pushing for lazy loading. Uh, and you can do a lot of these neat little tricks to help with the performance of your application. I mean, um, you know, we got it down pretty substantially, I think, with uh, the loading sizes when, once we did this. Um, so, you know, I think it's a great investment. You know, even if you don't think like, hey, my customers don't really care about performance that much, which was like, I think a lot of the hesitation we had, which is like perform this level of performance just isn't like a measure our, our clients have. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's definitely, you know, upping your, uh, your, the quality of your code, the, the efficiency of your code, it's getting you modernized. So there's a lot of reasons, I think, beyond just the end user benefit, which is probably the main reason you would do it, um, that, that's worth investing in. Yeah, I think, I think absolutely that's true. Um, I also do think I'm going to just piggyback on one of yours there. Uh, I also think that even if you started with lazy loading uh, from the, from day one, that doesn't mean that you're doing lazy loading in a very efficient manner. It may be lazy loading, yes, but that doesn't mean that you know you're not in that situation where you have uh, several megs worth of information uh, coming down in your initial, and then only like one k coming down when you lazy load the other thing. So you know, definitely, it's something to consider. I- I'll say this though too. Um, we've had a couple of applications where we weren't too worried about performance. And uh, what happened is they grew over time. You know, they, oh, we need a new feature. We need a new thing. Oh, we're, we want to start scheduling stuff. We weren't doing that before. And as you keep building pieces on top, on top, on top, just like just like code, right? Like you start off with a nice hundred line code for your component. And then you come back and there's so many little features that have been added. Now it's 600 or 700 lines. You're like, this is a monster. It's a beast. I got to get rid of it. You know, that it's didn't this, happen to you recently. It, just today. But, <laughs> but still, still, this is the same problem, right? But it's just at an app level. You know, I keep adding a new feature module. And then eventually what happens is your, your user base starts to notice. I went to the site today after you guys, you know, pushed to prod. And uh, it took like, two or three seconds before I even saw the login screen and you're like, oh, now we have a problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I thought we were writing JavaScript here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that this <laughs> was supposed to be snappy and reactive. <laughs> yeah. Well I think it's good. I, I I you know, I like to think the reason you'll you might listen to this podcast is because we talk about the real use cases, right? We're not ideal, we're not pie in the sky. I think you can get away with not lazy loading probably a large majority of your Angular apps. Um, but hopefully we can give you some things you didn't think about. So um, that's great. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Sorry for the delay. We'll try to get back on a good track now pending any uh, further pandemic interactions. Um, but we appreciate your time and and you reaching out to us. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at John Graham Dev. Chris is at Pilgrim Secret. Um, you can follow us there and get all of our updates and hear about, you know, the things we're talking about. Uh, you also can, uh, we are opening up hiring again and we do hire now remotely. So if you're interested in working here, uh, you can check out our website at, uh, milestechnologies.com slash careers. 
to see all the open positions and apply. And who knows, maybe you'll you'll be able to to really get to see all the inner workings of this stuff uh, from the inside. Um, so we appreciate that. As always, if you have suggestions, comments, feedback about what we do, we'd love to hear it. Engaging with the community is why we started this. So we're excited uh, every time we get a new person that that is uh, willing to interact with us. So so feel free to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a great ride and, and hopefully everyone's enjoying it. We're almost at our one-year anniversary. Our, probably our next podcast will be our one-year anniversary. Rock on. Yeah, man. All right, well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. All right, thanks so much.